Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Extra Bits, our little gift for you podcast subscribers. This week, we had Raham Khan co-presenting the show with us. And she actually gave us some time to talk to us about the work she does for Women's Aid and her history with domestic violence. Little warning, this might be upsetting for some people. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! So this week it's me, Emma and Raham Khan. Hello. Hello. It's been so lovely having you with us all evening. But it feels only right that you're with us. We should find out more about you. Do we have to? Yes. Really? That Absolutely. is the official ruling. I'm sort of in the Love Island zone now. Yes. <laughs> that Love Island will keep. You will don't not. worry. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get there. Why I say that is because when I was watching Love Island for research mm-hmm. purposes, obviously, obviously for the show, yeah. yes, uh, well um, the debrief was given by my 16-year-old. <laughs> and I realised that all this criticism that they've been getting was was wrong of me, completely wrong of me, because I could recognise um, um, shades of of gaslighting <laughs> that have been demonstrated, displayed on Love Island of a milder nature yep. uh, through my life as well. So this is what I do. My lifetime's mission is to warn everybody not to go down my route. <laughs> so I wrote my memoirs last year and uh, it's been tipped one of the most controversial books coming out of Pakistan. It's in English, but it's it's um, the idea was to because I was brought up in in uh, a typical sort of you know the, the 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 cultural heritage of Pakistan where you are uh, you live in fear of what people will say so mm-hmm. you and it's very and and then then of course the British stiff upper lip as well sort of because of colonialism as well as living here so it was all compounded into oh my god I can't ever have anyone find out my shame and so as a domestic violence survivor now I want to tell everyone that it's actually wonderful to be on your own and that you don't need a man to validate your existence and that actually life is very easy so people continuously ask me um, I'm, I'm a single parent um, of three children but I've always been a single parent so people you know women who might be you know cannot ask directly will say well how is life you know raising uh, three children and you have such a busy lifestyle and when they were much younger how difficult was it and I, 
I, I just say to them, it was it was a breeze because actually our household is one where there's completely no, I mean, there's lots of arguments, but it, usually about Aladdin and usually mm-hmm. about Love Island, but there is no friction and there is no, um, there is no ugliness in the house. And it was interesting when I was listening to one of your guests earlier on, and it's a little bit like them. They're not, my children have grown up predominantly without this kind of consciousness that they have to behave a certain way because somebody's going to come home and be very, very angry. And uh, sometimes I think that there is no fear at all, but I see how they've blossomed. And so domestic violence victims who are living with domestic violence, and I think why it's important to talk about Michael and Amber's issue also is they don't recognise that they're in domestic Mm -hmm. violence situations because it's not only a punch in the chest. So in my book, the first chapter, I just go in, immediately with a very graphic um, uh, description of what I went through. Uh, and it, and it, it is to shock you, but it's also gr- to grab your attention. And I didn't realise that the issue that migrant women like myself have is actually a global issue. It resonates with women and men across the world because you will know someone who has been uh, a survivor or perhaps not a survivor of domestic violence. It affects all of us. And we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it to our neighbours. We don't know the reality of people's lives when the door is shut. So I'm launching a campaign with Women's Aid as well, but a lot of other um, um, uh, organisations who are looking at the domestic violence bill, which is is under draft now in in Parliament. And we want to protect the rights of migrant communities Mm -hmm. because... Sadly, uh, we we are short on refuges for everyone in Britain, but for migrant communities, particularly those who have insecure status, say you're on a dependent spouse mm-hmm. visa or you're on a student visa, you're a refugee or an asylum seeker, you have only uh, 28 specifically um, designed refuge centres for migrant communities. That's Across for the, the whole, whole of the UK. Of the UK. <gasps> 28. Wow. I can't get over this, you know, statistics. I mean, we only have about 200 or, or so for, 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 for the whole of, um, for all communities, which is also, I think, shocking because it affects all of us. I mean, domestic violence is not only somebody punching you or slapping you, it's control, it's financial control. It is uh, watching who you talk to, watching what you watch on television, and I've been through all of that financial control um, what you can say to your GP so that the level of control people listening and it's not only when you're married to someone it's actually uh, you could be living with domestic abuse it could be a parent it could be a boyfriend it could be that you just Mm -hmm. need to learn to recognize signs of abuse and I think that part of the uh, the effort is for people to, particularly younger women, younger girls, to realise and, and to be made aware through schools and through role models uh, in media. And I think it's very, very important to talk about it. What are some of the specific issues for migrant women? So one of the things that occurs to me is that actually if you are a migrant woman in the UK and you don't speak a lot of English, if you go to your GP, which we know is one of the key places where women suffering domestic violence often are then referred on to refuges or given the advice and help they need, and you can't go there without your other half or without the family member that's abusing you, there's no place to talk about it. What are some of the other issues, particularly for migrant women? Well, even that, because, I mean, if you go to the GP, many sort of uh, dependent spouses live in communities where they will be very closely controlled and guarded. So the GP is going to be 
an uncle or, or a friend. Of, yeah. So you might not feel comfortable in confiding uh, to your GP. You can't go to a solicitor because you, you, the, everybody's com- connected in a community and they're very watched. And of course, language is a huge barrier. But I was recently, um, uh, I, I met a woman who was on a dependent spouse, had just left her partner, was an American origin woman, young, professional, attractive, but she still did not have access to information and things like, you know, you can get an injunction or restraining order. She didn't know that because we have had uh, cuts to the budget. We have um, uh, a lot of organisations like Women's Aid that's been working tirelessly, but we need more. We need the government to be supporting migrant communities particularly, but just generally victims of domestic violence and I feel very strongly as well that particularly in migrant communities it's not only your other half it could be the in-laws it could be friends and colleagues I had that and I could speak the language but it was very difficult to get out of a control situation to find a solicitor who would listen to you accept your case you don't know who to trust and 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 so it's it's a very very difficult situation I wonder about these young girls 17 or 18 year olds who come into this new culture no friends no family Network. Mm. And the reason they stay in these relationships is because they're threatened with deportation. You know, the husband or the mother-in-law will say, well, you know, we'll report you and you'll go back. And they know that once they're deported, there is a much, uh, you know, far more violent end uh, waiting for them because some of these are marriages in the family. And so they risk abuse from the fathers and the brothers or even the mothers um, back home from where they came from. And so these are the sort of issues. And I think it's just the world we live in. I I just see us as just a, a global village and I think everyone has the same problems um, it's not about skin color it's not about sort of religious orientation or about what language you speak we all have the same problems over 50 percent of women in the UK and the US are killed by someone they love and it's usually somebody in an intimate relationship with them so over 50% of women who have died been violently. murdered, yes, yeah. homicide, yeah. Uh, are sort of, you know, are related to yeah. people that they know. And and so, you know, the home can be the most unsafe place for a woman. But imagine if, if you had no friends and if you couldn't speak the language, if um, you didn't have any sort of um, uh, recourse to public benefits. This is why the refuge centres are very, very important because... Even if you got yourself somewhere and you got yourself uh, some sort of help, you wouldn't be able to access because you have no recourse to public benefits and you cannot. And I think we need to live in a world where we need to realise that, you know, um, somebody doesn't have to be a British national to for, for us to, um, to, to offer to support. Yes. I absolutely, it's one of the things that I find so frustrating about this when we say, well, you know, it's sort of not our problem. Well, actually it is because you're a human being and everyone else is a human being, so it is our problem it is our problem regardless actually of whether you're in this country or another country it is our problem if women are being victimized and abused and beaten and killed that is our problem absolutely and not only women i must stress as well that there are men as well but men are less likely to report domestic violence because it's embarrassing you know it's 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 and 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 also to what what is really shocking is that the police have uh, been saying this for ages and if you look at the statistics as well even if they even and i've been there so you might even report Uh, an incident to the police but you're very unlikely to press charges because you live in fear Mm. and you also you have an intimate relationship with this person so you know there is that sort of you know you're again the gaslighting sort of emotional control where you're made to believe that you provoked the incident Mm. and so people need to understand that you cannot provoke 
violence, you cannot provoke control, it is the other person's problem. But with the perpetrator, mm -hmm. I think it's not only the perpetrator of violence who is um, should be held accountable or should be offered support. I think anyone who collaborates, anyone who supports this individual, perhaps because you're friends with them, they're a colleague, um, they're, they're a sibling, you are contributing to that violence. And I think that is a huge betrayal because it could be your your uh, loved one next. How, how long did it take you to get out? You were in an abusive relationship. How long did it take you from realisation that you had to, to get out to actually being able to get out of that situation? Well, I realised the, the minute I sat next to him uh, on the wedding night. But you see, uh, it's, it's funny that people think that you're Pakistani origin or say Muslim origin and that's, that's what is controlling your sensibilities and your choices. But it's sometimes things like, you know, your mother's approval, something as simple as that. And I was talking to a neighbour recently and, and she's completely different racial origin and, and it's exactly the same. Sometimes you don't want to let down your parents. Mm. It's you think that, oh, I can't do this to my mother what will people say to her so it's it's sort of you know uh, so again the sense of shame but it took me 12 and a half years to take the Does decision it? Right. it took me two years to sort of plan and and little things like things that, do, that are done on media for example I remember watching a show uh, because I wasn't allowed to watch television people will find it very shocking but there was a show I think it was Oprah Winfrey and mm -hmm. she talked about having a plan to 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 leave and I couldn't watch the whole show but I watched a little bit of it so it's very important to talk which is why my life is about advocacy the minute I sit anywhere people so you know I cannot sort of talk enough about this because there could be just one person listening maybe an 18 year old is listening to me today and I can tell her that you know there is a beautiful life out there and you have to do it before it kills you and literally I cannot stress enough that if you stay long enough in a domestically violent situation it will get worse it will progressively get worse and what it did for me was um after about sort of so many years i think if if i didn't have children if i didn't want to break the cycle i probably would have left i would have remained there forever but i thought i can't have my son grow up like this man not only the fact that I don't want him to be violent or abusive or controlling towards another woman but I want him to be loved I don't want him to be feared so I did it for my girls because I wanted them to learn by example but also for my boy to understand that you know if you're not going to treat her right she's going to walk away and she's going to take everything that you hold dear I think sometimes women have a messiah factor as well a messiah complex where you think okay fragile boy I'm going to make yeah. you better but you can't I think people who have a violent temper maybe have a drug abuse situation maybe have some sort of you know um, it's not your responsibility to fix them. They have to get professional help. Is, the, is this guy in, you know, you obviously, your children, is the father of, the, of your three children, are they still, is he still in your life, in their lives? Or No, so I was very lucky in, in well, I, I say lucky, but uh, there was a lot of evidence. And, and so he's never had any direct or indirect contact. And I think it's very difficult for other women to to make sure that that happens. Um, it's it's very difficult, I say, because of course children would would be very attached to their fathers mm -hmm. as well, or, or mothers. I mean, it, again, I stress that it's not gender specific. Mm -hmm. It's just that women tend to have more uh, violence and more reported violence. But I think it was it was because there was no bond. So for my children, it's not affected them as 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 much. But sometimes, and 
certain relationships that I've counselled, I see that the men will try to use the children to get back and continue the coercive controlling behaviour and that really messes up people's lives. Um, so I've been very lucky and I, I had to be very... Um, it took a lot of courage to take that step mm. because the whole family, the whole... I had no friends of my own. Everybody was his you know, friend or colleague. So I got a lot of hate at the time. But I think you just have to work through that because you have to understand that, no, this is what I've decided and I'm going to go ahead with it. And I think people like myself talking about it, I know that there are girls, young girls across the world who email me and now that they've read the book, they they, they see hope because mm-hmm. they see me so much happier. They see my children as well. And I think that's one of the most beautiful stories that now my children have no idea what it is like to live in in a ugly atmosphere and and I think that's very important to realize that's good for for your future and for your children's future because you will be told that you know you mustn't leave see him as a paycheck that kind of thing happens a lot in Asian communities particularly to put up with because you because he's a man and you should just tolerate and you should never tolerate anyone giving you a rough time. Raham thank you so much for sharing your story with us if somebody is listening to this now and recognizing parts of that story in their own life, what would you advise them to do? Leave, but leave with a plan. Make sure that you, um, there is a lot of help available. If you, we are part of, part of what Women's Aid is doing is also to deliver in languages that uh, you would understand. But I think that if you see, recognize the signs maybe next door, and there have been some incidents in in the news recently, and uh, some neighbors have been (laughs) reported for being lefty because they've, but I wish that somebody had reported had they heard my screaming. And people don't, people don't want to be nosy. I think if you can save a life, do intervene and I'm very passionate about so child abuse as well if you think that a child is being abused if you think that a child is being mistreated don't just stand back and think oh I can't intervene no please do you could save a life Raham thank you so much for chatting to us One, two, three, four. this has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me Harriet Minter Natalie Campbell and MS Sexton if you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.